Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Narrow Gate Podcast. I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase study the tapes before. Study the tapes. It's a sports term, meaning that you're going to review video footage of the team you're about to play. The purpose is, if you've seen what the team does in the past, you'll know how to beat them in the present or the future. Because normally, teams have a specific strategy and a layout that they've practiced all year. They're not going to change things up very much. So if you see what they've done in the past, you'll know how to beat your opponent in the present or the future. Now, we can study the tapes of our opponent as well. We have an opponent, someone who's looking to beat us every day. His name is Satan. Satan is Satan was a fallen angel that rebelled against God. And now he's doomed forever, so he's trying to drag down whoever he can with him. He's trying to destroy our lives every day. He's He studies us every day. He studies the tapes on us every day to see how to defeat us. And it's not a matter of if or when, but how many times a day is Satan trying to attack us all day long. So today, what I wanted to do in this special version of One Narrow Gate podcast was to talk about how to defeat Satan's strategy, how to beat Satan at his game. And to do that, we're going to look back at specific tapes, so to speak, three different tapes throughout the Bible. The first one is going to be about the origin of Satan, how Satan came to be, because how he is will show you what he intends to do. Then tape number two is going to be how Satan tries to destroy our lives by how he did that with the first two people that ever came onto the scene. Tape number three is how Jesus faced Satan and how Jesus shows us how we can defeat Satan. Because we can beat Satan, we just have to know his strategy. So, let's look at tape number one. Tape number one Uh, You think to go back to the origin of Satan, you'd go to Genesis chapter 3 or 1, 2, or 3 or somewhere in Genesis at the beginning. It's not true. God gives us a little extra insight about how Satan got started randomly in Ezekiel 28 and also Isaiah 14. I'll mention that briefly. But Ezekiel 28, let me give you some context. In Ezekiel 28, God's giving Ezekiel a message. He's a prophet, so he gives messages from God to people. And the message is to the ruler of the king of a city named, sorry, the ruler of a city named Tyre and the king of the city of Tyre. Tyre was a wealthy, booming metropolis on an island in the ocean just off the coast of Israel. And it was kind of like the New York City of its day. It was very big, very wealthy, um, but it was impossibly wicked and kind of like a bad shoe. You can't clean it anymore. You can't try to dress it up. You just got to burn it or throw it out, right? So God told Ezekiel, give a message about the destruction of Tyre. But I have special messages for the ruler of Tyre and the king of Tyre. Now, the ruler of Tyre was just a random guy. It was just a dude. The king of Tyre was actually Satan. And that's one of the reasons why God gives this message. The message is to Satan as well. And if you don't believe me, I'm just going to read this passage and you'll see. <coughs> Excuse me. It says, Ezekiel chapter 28, starting in verse 11 and 12. The word of the Lord came to me, meaning Ezekiel, son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Now, for those of you who know the story of the garden of Eden and the historical count of it, you know that back then there were really only four major players in the garden of Eden. 
you had God, Adam and Eve, and then you had Satan who came with the serpent. I'll get to that later too. So we think, okay, this king of Tyre was in the Garden of Eden. Well, he wasn't God. He wasn't Adam. He wasn't Eve. So who was he? He was Satan. And I'll, I'll explain more. Here we go. Verse 14. You were, this is to the king of Tyre, you were anointed as a guardian cherub. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you and you sinned. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty. So I threw you to the earth. So what do we see here? This guy, this king of Tyre was directly created by God. That underlines that this was, was Satan. He was anointed as a guardian angel, a guardian cherub. Satan was that to begin with too. Then we know that Satan sinned. And how, how did he sin? What did he do? He became proud on account of his beauty. So God had to throw him to the earth. So let's unpack what happened here. Satan was made beautiful and wise and powerful by God. Now, all of us are designed and created and orchestrated by God. We exist because God has a purpose for us to glorify him for his glory, to make God look good and to do God's will. But Satan looked at himself and said, wow, I am really cool. I am really beautiful. I'm amazing. I don't need God anymore. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be my purpose to life. I'm going to be my meaning to life. I'm going to do things my way. So now the heart that says, I don't need God. I want to do things for myself. I want to be my own God, be my own meaning and purpose and center of the universe. I am the master of my life. The heart that says, I don't need God. I'm awesome by myself. That heart will be separated from God forever because in God, we find life and purpose and meaning. But when we separate ourselves from God by saying we don't need God, God says, fine, you won't get me and you must be away from my presence. And that's what happened here. That's why God had to throw him down to earth. So now Satan is doomed and lost forever. Now here's a random, here's a random lesson here. So Satan likes to get other people to do his dirty work. He does. So he was the king of Tyre. So, but he was getting someone else to rule Tyre. The ruler of Tyre was a man who did not do things God's way and the city had to be destroyed. So the lesson is, if you don't do things God's way, Satan is your king. The king of Tyre was making the ruler rule so that the city could be destroyed because it wasn't doing things God's way. So when you don't do things God's way, Satan is your king, such as the king of, <laughs> king of Tyre here in the city of Tyre. So, but... Satan also, he tries to get other people to be destroyed by not having them do things the way God wants to. I'm going to read Isaiah 14 like I said I would. This is God talking to Satan. He says, How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will make myself like the most high. So to reiterate, Satan said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be better than everybody else. I'm going to be better than everybody else. I'm going to be better than all the other angels and anything else. I'm going to make myself like God. I'm going to make myself God, like the most high, meaning like God. So Satan decided to look to himself for answers, for meaning, for purpose. When meaning, purpose, answers, and life only comes from God, Satan was looking to himself from now on. So that's tape one. After reviewing this tape, 
Satan became proud. He thought he didn't need God. He could exist without God, with his own awesome self. Now he's doomed forever, and he wants to drag as many people down as he can. So now, because Satan said, I'm separated from God, because I'm worshiping myself as my own God, I want to get other people to do the same thing. That's his, that's his goal now. How can I get other people to say, I don't need God, I'm the God of my own existence, so that people can be destroyed just like he will be? Satan's Satan is not complete. He's not destroyed right now, but it's kind of a foregone conclusion. He will be destroyed. So now he's trying to drag down as many people as he can on his way down. When I think of this, I think of my sister. I'm not going to stop there. Okay, that that would have been awful. My sister, when she and I would go snowboarding growing up, I went snowboarding a lot. And no matter if you ski or snowboard, no matter how you cut it, getting on and off the chairlift is hard. So I learned to do it, but I felt like my sister never learned correctly how to get off a chairlift. I feel like she never did because every time she would get off a chairlift, she would fall. She'd either, she, she wouldn't cry. She wouldn't laugh or she wouldn't say nothing. She would just, every time she would fall off a chairlift, she would always try to grab the person next to her or even behind her, wherever she's oriented on the chairlift. She would always try to grab them. So I had to learn to, if it was a fast chairlift, to let the momentum push me forward before she could grab me. If it was a slow chairlift, I had to learn how to kind of karate chop her arms to get her not to grab me. It was crazy. So I learned to not to either escape the one who's dragging me down or fight off the one who's dragging me down so I wouldn't get so I wouldn't get uh <laughs> I wouldn't get dragged down with me. I think there's a lesson there for those of you who are paying attention. But the other po point I'm making is that she was going to go down no matter what. So she was seeing who she can drag down with her. Or it was just some gut reaction. I don't know. My sister's not Satan. Don't worry. She's not, she's not bad at all. So, but tape number one, we see that Satan, this is what Satan's goal is. And now, so the strategy to help you not enter into Satan's goal for your life, because Satan's goal for your life is for you to be the answers to your own existence and for you to separate, to say, I don't need God. And to be proud and say, I'm good enough as I am. So tape number one, we learn the strategy against Satan's pride for us is humility. Don't give in to pride. You're not better than other people. You need people. You especially need God. You can't just do whatever you want. You're not the God of your own universe. Don't be proud. You need God. You need help every day. So that's Satan's goal for us. That's what we can do against it. Satan wants us to be proud. We can be humble. But how does Satan attempt, so how, does, how does Satan get us to try to get to pride and to get to be our own God? Let's look at Genesis chapter three now. This is tape number two, because that's Satan became proud and destroyed himself. So now he tries to destroy others, but how does he do that? So let's go to Genesis chapter three, verse one. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. I'm going to stop there for a second because some people might have been confused or might be confused saying, wait, are we talking about a snake or Satan? The answer is both. Just like the king of Tyre used a ruler to do his dirty work in ruling an evil city, Satan likes to get other people to do his dirty work. So now he's getting a snake to do it. So we're talking about a snake and Satan. Okay. So the serpent was more crafty than any other of well, the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Eve, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? This is what Satan likes to do. He likes to get us to doubt 
God's word. Now, for those of us who don't know, who are not Christians, we don't know God's word, we don't know what the Bible says, that's easy. You are the master of your domain in a way, or at least you think you are, and therefore Satan's in charge of you. But to those of us who know God's word and we know what God has said, this is what Satan tries to do to get us to separate ourselves from God. The first thing is to doubt God's word. Doubt God, doubt what he said, and not believe the Bible. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Now, it's interesting. Eve here adds a rule to what God said. God actually said, just don't eat from the tree that's in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or you will die. But Eve adds a rule saying, don't even touch it or you will die. This is the first religious move, adding a rule onto (laughs) what God said, right? So if it helps you, you know, obey God, fine. But this just shows that Eve really knew what God had said. Eve really knew what God had said. Back then, the word of God was not the Bible as we know it. The word and the command of God was basically, be be fruitful and multiply, name the animals, don't eat the tree from the middle of the garden. Thus said the word of the Lord, right? So Eve knew it. Eve knew what God said. She remembered it. So, but... And, and many of us here who are listening to this, or many of us who know God's word, we know God's word. The question is, are we not just strong in remembering it, but do we believe it and obey it? Do we believe it? So we can remember it. We know God's word with our minds, but do we believe it and do we obey it? Let's see if Eve could get past Satan's arrows of doubt here and actually believe what God's word says. Satan said, this is verse 4, You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Look at this. Not only does Satan want us to doubt God, but also doubt the consequences. Doubt the consequences of what God said not to do. So he says, you won't die. So Satan does that for us too now. You can drive as fast as you want down that road. You will not crash. You are the main character of your story. You will survive in the end. You can get into that extramarital relationship or premarital sex relationship and all the things that ha- bad that happen to other people won't happen to you. There's no consequences. You will be fine. So Satan says here, you won't die. And then look what he does next. He says, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened And you will be like God. So not only does Satan try to get us to doubt the consequences, but to doubt that what is forbidden is actually forbidden, is actually bad. So Satan says, doubt what God said, doubt there's consequences, and actually believe that what God said not to do is the best thing for you. You should do it. You should do it. Isn't that interesting? So what was bad is actually good. Satan likes to do opposite world to try to get us to separate ourselves from God. Then look what he says too. He says, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Remember how Satan himself said, I will be like the most high. I will be like God. So now Satan's saying to Adam and Eve, hey, you will be like God. You will determine what's right or wrong. You get to choose what to, what you say and what you don't and what you get to do and what you don't. So as soon as you eat that fruit, it's going to be better for you. You will be like God. Let's see how Eve responds to this. Verse 6, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. 
Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They fell for it. They fell for it. And now their eyes were opened, and they experienced the shame of sin and the shame of separation from God. Now, Adam was there. He was there. He should have helped. He could have stepped in and said, time out. I am not doubting what God said. I'm not, I know exactly what God said. I'm not going to doubt. This is what God said. We're not going to do what you say. But apparently he wasn't convinced that what God said was true. He gave in to the doubt. He didn't actually believe. Same with Eve. She, they didn't actually believe, even though they knew what God said. Also, he was not convicted that taking the fruit was wrong. Adam was not convicted by it. He didn't see that it was wrong. He was, they were convinced by Satan. So as everything after this is the result of sin, God comes down and says, Adam, where are you? And Adam says, I was hiding because I was naked. And God said, who told you you were naked? Did you eat from that tree? Adam says, she did it. Eve says, the snake did it. And so God curses all three of them. God curses all three of them and says, that now, because of your separation from God and thinking you can do things your own way, now there's curses such as childhood is, or child, sorry, childbearing is deadly. This is why things like snakes slither and why work is hard and why there's pain and suffering and why we die. Because we said at the beginning, we as humanity said, we're going to do things our way, not God's way, where we can be our own God. But God said, no, you cannot. So now you're cursed. That's just a concept. It's a natural consequence of separating from God. That's why we die. So let's look at what happened in tape two. In tape two, Satan says, you know God's word, but are you sure that that's really the best thing? Are you sure that's true? Did God really say that? So the strategy for Satan to try to get us to be our own God is to cause doubt from God himself. If you doubt God, you will separate yourself from God and you will not obey God and you will experience death. That's Satan's strategy. So the goal is to get you to separate yourself from God, to make yourself your own God. The strategy is to doubt God, to not believe in God. So what is the remedy to this? What is the strategy for tape two against doubt? It's solid belief, solid belief in God and his word. Don't give in to doubt. Believe God and believe what he has commanded and spoken in his word. Be strong in the Lord and you will not fall. So Satan says, don't believe God. That means you believe even harder. That means you really study God's word. You know God's word and you believe it. You don't doubt it. So when God says, this thing is wrong, it's wrong to steal, it's wrong to lie, it's wrong to commit adultery, it's wrong to do these things, you say, I believe it. And I will not do it. Solid belief, not flimsy belief, solid belief will protect you against the strategy of doubt. Now let's go to tape three, how Jesus himself, the son of God dealt with Satan because Adam and Eve were in the, were in the garden alone and Satan came and got them alone. Jesus is now in the wilderness in some kind of desert wilderness um, of ancient Israel for 40 days and nights, not eating or drinking. He's fasting because he's relying upon God. He's getting to know his father, father God deeper and relying upon him for survival. And so now he is fatigued. He's hungry. Obviously, if you haven't eaten for 40 days, you're probably hungry. 
He's weak. He's vulnerable. And now Satan comes to tempt Jesus with the same strategies. Watch what happens. You ready for this? Matthew 4, 3. The tempter, Satan, came to him, Jesus, and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Look at the word if there. Causing doubt, right? Because Jesus knows God's word. Jesus is the word of God. But he's still cause, trying to cause doubt to, to Jesus. Satan says, if you are the Son of God, you might not be, right? You might not be. Tell these stones to become bread. Which means you know what you need. You can get what you need right now. You can do it. You could be the master of your own universe. Get what you need yourself right now, if you think you're the Son of God. Now, it's interesting. Jesus is God. Uh, and he kind of is the God of his own universe. But look what Jesus does. Look what Jesus does. He's, he answers in verse 4, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So, you have the arrow of doubt and saying, you can do things yourself. And what does Jesus say? Jesus says, by the way, God's word is the most, is just as important as food. It's just as important. We live on what God has said. So he emphasizes the word of God and he submits to God's timing and God's provision saying, I, even though I am the son of God, I will trust God for when God wants to give me bread and I will rely upon God's word. So boom, he says, I am not even going to take advantage of my deity. Jesus says, I will submit to God. I believe in God and I trust in him. Boom. It's awesome. So then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, still trying to cause doubt, right? If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Satan's essentially saying the Bible says jump off and God will catch you. And it's not, he's not wrong. So Jesus says, well, you know, the word of God is just as important as food. So Satan says, well, let me tell you what the word of God says. Like, if you really trust God, then you can jump off this building and, and God will catch you because God's word says so. Jesus answered him. It is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Woo. I think that is a double backhand slap because he's saying, don't put God to the test and don't put God, meaning me, Jesus to the test too. Right? So now, I'll tell you this, Jesus was able to recognize, even though Satan used the word of God against Jesus, Jesus recognized who, what voice is using the word of God. Because he knew his father God's voice so well that he knew that he could obey, you can trust in God, not trust in someone else using the word of God. It's always good to know the source of a command or advice or wisdom. Know the source even though it sounds cool to see how God could catch you if you jump off a cliff, Jesus knew that because Satan offered the option, Satan was the source of that option, it's not going to go well. Because not every leap is a leap of faith. Not every leap is a leap of faith. Where you say, I'm just going to jump into this lifestyle and this choice or this debt or this whatever. I'm going to jump into this and God is so good he's going to catch me. You will know the outcome of how something is going to go if you know the source of it. Like if you are, if you don't know that the decision you're going to make is from God, if you're not sure if it's from God calling you, you better not do it. If you need to be absolutely convinced that what you want to do is from God, if it's from God, there is nothing else you should do. It will go well. It will go according to how God wants it to go. 
and it will be good. If it's not from God, you better not do it because it's just like this saying, jump and, and God will catch you. It came from Satan. That was Satan's idea. So it's going to go bad. So verse eight, again, Oh, and by the way, because Jesus had a good relationship with God, his father, he knew he could not trust. He knew the difference between the voice of Satan and God. He knew the voice so well that he could say, I am not doing what Satan says. Verse eight, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. I'm sure Satan, I'm sure Jesus is thinking this has to end. So Jesus says to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord, your God and serve him only. Every time I read this, I think, well, who died and made Satan in charge of the kingdoms of the world to give to Jesus? Who is he to say that? Remember what I said about the king of Tyre and the ruler. When you don't do things God's way, Satan is your king. The whole world has not been doing things God's way. So therefore, in by default, they're giving allegiance to Satan. So in a way, Satan was not wrong. He was just kind of more of a default leader until Jesus comes back, right? So now Jesus was is going to uh, rule the world and take over the world. He is going to rule over everything. But Satan likes to offer shortcuts if you'll give him allegiance. So Satan's like, you can have it now if you want. You can have it now. You just have to bow to me. And Jesus is like, no, I'm trusting God in his timing. So because we have power in Jesus to say this to Satan, go away from me. No more. I'm worshiping God, not you. The devil left him and angels came and attended Jesus. He had to, because Jesus said, go away. Because in Jesus, those of us in Jesus, we have the power to look at Satan and say, I don't care what you have to say. Get away from me in the name of Jesus. So Jesus trusted God on the timing of having the whole world under his rule. Wait on God. God will give you all you need and more. Excuse me. We looked at the tapes. Tape ones, two and, one, two, and three. Let's review the strategy of our opponent. Now we can make a game plan for how to overcome him and defeat him in our own lives. So remember tape one, Satan says, Satan's goal is for us to be our own God, to be in charge of our own lives. Separate ourselves from God to be prideful. Tape number two, Satan's causing us to doubt what God said, doubt him, doubt consequences, and doubt everything about God. Tape number three, Satan's trying to get us to, to disrupt our relationship with God by not trusting in him and trusting in ourselves, using the same strategies of pride and doubt. So tape number one, the remedy, the strategy against Satan is humility. Don't give in to pride. You're not better than anyone else. You need people. You need God, especially. You can't just do whatever you want. Humility. Be humble. You're not the greatest thing in the universe. Tape number two. Have solid belief in what God says. Don't give in to doubt. Believe God and believe what he has commanded and spoken in his word. Be strong in the Lord and you will not fall. Believe everything. Yes, God created everything in seven days. Yes, Jesus came back from the dead. There's forensic Research, you can look into all those things to prove that if you need that. Tape number three, the remedy against Satan trying to disrupt our lives is relationship. Know who God is and who God says you are in him. Be in God's presence. Be in God's word and prayer. Know God deeper. You can only do that through salvation in Jesus, to believe in Jesus, to take away your sins, and that Jesus died on the cross to take away your sins, and to believe in Jesus to get you in heaven. That's the only way you can be in relationship with God. Because, and then once you are in relationship with God, you have God's power 
in Jesus to resist Satan. You have God's power in Jesus. It's game day every day. It's good to get solid in reading God's word every day and in prayer. It's good to get... Now, now this is the longest way to say, read your Bible and pray. That's the best way to develop your, your relationship with God. It's the longest way to say that. But my wife, she played basketball in high school. And the year of her championship, the coach said, worked on the fundamentals for her team every practice and every game. It, whether it was dribbling, shooting, passing, running, just the basics of playing basketball. If you master the basics you will win. And that's what made her team win. I can testify to that too. When I played soccer in freshman year, my team won because we just, we won the championship just because we ran with a soccer ball at our feet. Like most of the time, most of practice all fall along. It's so simple, but the simple things, when you master them, you will win. So be humble. I need God. I'm not doubting anything God has said. And I'm going to be strong in my relationship and listening and listen to God's voice. So be humble don't doubt, be strong, and know God. Those things will help you be able to resist Satan's strategies every single day. And my prayer for you is that you will conquer and overcome all that the enemy is trying to destroy you in each day. Because again, it's not a matter of if or when, but how many times, but you can win every time with these strategies. And I pray in Jesus' name that you do. Thank you for listening. I hope this was a blessing to your lives and stay tuned to more from One Narrow Gate Podcast.